Isaiah chapter 62. And I want to read one passage of Scripture to you. Verse 6. That song that we that last song that we sang, that last verse. Open our mouths. Uh, and this uh, one thing, you know, thankfully, you know, we're still a newer church, we're still young. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do any bragging or anything yet, but um, of course maybe I don't even maybe I'm oblivious, but uh, eventually you know as you start getting bigger, one thing that uh, pastors will have to bring up every now and then is a problem that can kind of happen in churches is you know you get the gossiping and stuff like that going on, and uh, it seems like hey, I preach a lot of messages trying to get people to keep their mouths shut, and but uh, this message. Is one so opposite talking about opening your mouths. However, I'm not talking about opening our mouths and gossip and <laughs> sowing discord and things like that. But there are some things that we just need to talk about. There's some things that we need to bring up. There's times there. Uh, most people, I would say, uh, I think it'd be safe to say, they have a problem more of just uh, they do open their mouths, but it's always for the wrong things. Maybe they're sticking their nose in somebody else's business. Um, maybe they're giving their opinion where it's not wanted or it's not needed. And, uh, we definitely don't want to do that. We don't want to get out of our, we don't want to get out of bounds and be, you know, uh, trying to tell people what to do. We have no right, uh, to tell. Uh, we don't, definitely don't want to be gossiping, but there are some things we need to be ready to, and willing to open our mouths about. We want to talk about some of those things tonight. In Isaiah chapter 62, verse 6, so says, I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence. It talks about watchmen here. People, there's people that God has that they're there in this world to make sure that they are warning other people. People that are paying attention to things. People that are watching. And I know this here, it's talking about watchmen. Uh, on one hand, it's talking about watchmen that back in the old days, you know, they would stand there and they would be there on the walls of the city and they would watch in case an approaching army was coming, in case there was danger out there. A lot of times those armies, when they would come, they'd sneak up at nighttime when everybody's sleeping and when the folks aren't ready. And so they had people that it was their job to be a watchman and they took it very serious. And they definitely did not want to be falling asleep on the job. They definitely didn't want to fail in warning everybody because if an attack did take place and they had failed to warn people and that failure or maybe that delayed warning cost the lives of hundreds of people, it was something that was on them. And so they took it very, very serious. And God wants us to be the same way because the truth is, I think it's safe to say that we are the watchmen that God has set in this world. Jesus said to His disciples, what I say unto you, I say unto you all, watch. Talking about the coming of the Lord. We are supposed to be watching for that. He told us in the Scriptures some of the things that we can look for. And He's told us, hey, be watching for that. You all watch for that. You be warning people. And then make sure, ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence. We're not supposed to be quiet about this thing. We're not supposed to shut up about this thing. A lot of people in our world today, a lot of people even in our own government, they, you know, they like to talk about the separation of church and state when it suits them, when it benefits them. Um, they don't like, you know, there's, you know, if they, if it doesn't benefit them, they won't bring it up. For example, I know there's some they'd like to tax us and things like that. But when it comes to what we preach, 
There's a lot that it's like they want us to keep quiet. They don't like us being bold about There's certain things they don't want us talking about. I've been told that in Canada, it's illegal to preach against homosexuality. And I mean, I don't know how they can get away with but telling their people that, but I guess that's Canada. But I tell you, I don't think we're too far from that. I just saw that they have this list that the military has of religious extremists. And they had right on the very top evangelical Christians. You know, they had Al Qaeda on there and uh, you know, Nation of Islam and Catholics and I mean pretty much it was pretty much everybody that makes you know political statements. And there are people, thankfully, throughout this country that are speaking out against some of the things that are going wrong. And that's fine. That's what we're supposed to do. But there's a lot of folks that don't like it, but we cannot keep our mouths shut. I can promise you, whenever, back in the old days, whenever those armies would be approaching those cities, they'd come up, they're sneaking up there because they know that there's watchmen. And they were doing, I guarantee you, they did everything they could to try to sneak up there and make sure those watchmen didn't notice them. And whenever those watchmen would see them and blow the trumpet, I guarantee it made them angry. If those other armies could have found a way to legislate them off the wall and to legislate them away from being able to blow the trumpets, they would do it. They would have done it because they didn't like it. It blows their cover. And that's and there's some things that we need to be doing that about. But in the Bible, though, we're going to look at some of the things that it mentions specifically. Ecclesiastes 3.7 says, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. And we need to know when to be quiet. We need to know when to speak up. But Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19-20. through 20, Ephesians chapter 6. Says, and and for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Notice Paul, he says, I want to speak boldly about this. Now think about it. It would be Paul right here, he says, I'm an ambassador in bonds. Paul is he's in prison. Paul is, you know, maybe in chains as he's writing this, and you would think that that would be one time. You, he's like, you know what? You're in prison right now. Maybe you ought to just keep quiet. You know, I don't know if you want to be writing that letter. There's a good chance they're probably going to read it before you send it out, making sure you're not, you know, plotting an escape or something like that. But Paul, he wasn't interested. That he was always bold about the gospel, even after he would get beaten, after he would go through some horrible things, he would keep doing it and he would go and he would boldly preach the gospel. He didn't do it in secret, even though there were times that he did have to run for his life. He would go sometimes one of the first thing that Paul would do is he would go into a city and he would look and see if there was a synagogue there. And he would go find those Jews and he would preach the gospel. And many times when he would do that, he would get Beat up. He would get thrown into prison, but it didn't matter. When it came to the gospel of Christ, he understood that I need to open my mouth. And I need to do it boldly. We've got an attitude, I think, in this nation today that we're not supposed to be confrontational at all when it comes to being a witness. Uh, you know, especially don't ever act you know like this whole Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You know, don't act like your way is the only way. That's not fair to you know, what about the Muslims? What about the Hindus? What about 
these other people, and they want us to. They're okay with you having your religion. Hey, if you want to worship Jesus, that's fine. But if you want to worship a golden calf, that's fine. You're okay worshiping whoever you want to worship as long as you don't tell anybody else that they should worship Him too. As long as you don't make anybody else feel bad. And I don't know of a Baptist in my life, I don't know of a Baptist in history that has ever forced anybody to be a Christian and worship Christ. We know that that's not right. We know that we can't make people do that. But boy, I I know a lot of Baptists in my life and a lot of Baptists in history that they did make sure that they opened their mouth and spoke boldly. It goes all the way back to the first Baptist, John the Baptist. He was very bold. I mean, he preached and he uh, he ruffled feathers. He made people mad. He ended up getting his head cut off about it, but he always did his job. He always opened his mouth. And that's something that we're supposed to do just like the Apostle Paul talked about. And do it boldly. Don't be ashamed. Listen, we have nothing to be embarrassed about when it comes to the Gospel of Christ. That we have nothing when it comes to Jesus, when it comes to the Word of God, we have nothing to be embarrassed about. I, I have, I'm not ashamed at all when I tell people, hey, we believe in the King James Bible. I'm not embarrassed by that at all. It's the Word of God. I, I don't need to be ashamed of that. I'm not, I don't get embarrassed when I tell people that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And we don't, we don't need to be embarrassed. But then also, just quickly, I want to kind of go through some of these things because I mainly want to talk about why we don't open our mouths. But the truth about sin. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, from that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was kind of hate speech, wasn't it? He told the people to repent. Well, that means to turn from their wicked ways. How dare he say that somebody was wicked. Maybe they were just doing what their culture did. Maybe that was just kind of their thing. How dare He tell them to change? But Jesus did. He said, repent. He, they, were, they were wrong. They were in sin. John the Baptist did the same thing. In Mark 1.4, John did baptize in the wilderness and preach the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. John also he said the same thing as Jesus. In fact, he said it before Jesus. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And these guys, they called it out. And we've we've got to do that. And listen, I'm not talking about going and picking on other people's sins. I'm not talking about you know going... I mean, how, how would you like it if somebody was following you around and pointing out every little fault you had all the time? Okay, Now, nobody wants that. Nobody wants... You know, somebody picking on, hey, you know, this person does that and us broadcasting it to the whole world. I'm not talking about that. But we need to call sin exactly what it is. We don't make excuses for it. We don't justify it. And we especially don't celebrate it. Okay, we've, uh, I know our culture today, they want to, for some reason, they've got this pet sin that everybody loves of homosexuality that they, nobody's allowed to say anything against. And they come all down on Christians for speaking out against it and acting like we are self-righteous, perfect people. And that's not it at all. We've all got sins that we deal with. I might have an anger problem, but I'm not going to go and have an anger pride march. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to need to tell people they need to accept my anger. And if it's my... I was born with anger. It's who I am. And so if I want to punch you in the nose... How dare you say anything against that? That that's foolish, isn't it? 
We don't celebrate that. We call it out. We call it for what it is, even if it is our own problem. You know, they if tell you, if, some, if the world came and was sat in here for church for a while, they'll find out I preach on my own sins too. Alright, we preach against sin. We call sin out for what it is. We speak the truth about it. Also, another thing we need to open our mouth about is the righteousness of God. You know why so many people don't understand the gospel and why they don't listen to the gospel and they get so offended when we speak out against sin is it becomes this thing where it's really all about us. Oh, well, you all think you're better than everybody. Okay, well, that would be foolish to feel that way. We're not saying that we're better than other people, but the truth is we talk, we're supposed to be talking about the righteousness of God. Psalms chapter 51, verse 12 says, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. You know, when David said this, this psalm was written after he got called out by Nathan for his sin of adultery with Bathsheba. After a man of God came along and he said, Thou art the man, David. After he got called out for his sin, David wrote this psalm and he talked about how he was going to tell people about God. Because David, even though David committed a horrible sin, it did not change who God was one bit. God was still God. God was still holy. God was still righteous. And David, more than anybody, he understood how important it was to point people to God because David, at this point especially, he understood how big of a sinner he was. He understood just how rotten he was and how low down he was. And so he wanted to tell people about God's righteousness because that's what they needed to focus on not David. However, though David still was against sin, I guess even though David was a sinner himself, and that's what we need to do. We need to preach against sin, but we need to understand that when we're preaching, whenever we preach about sin, we need to make sure we're pointing people to God and not to us. All right. For example, if you're maybe there's somebody that you work with, and you are trying to explain to them why it is biblically correct to go to church. Alright, and they're like, why should I go to church? Make sure you have scripture and don't say, well, here's why I need to go to church. I go every week. I go Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I mean, I go to church all the time. And that's why. Well, here's the problem. If you do that, now they're going to start finding all your faults and finding all your areas where you have shortcomings. And then they're going to use that as an excuse for why they don't have to do whatever it is you're talking about. We're supposed to be trying to get folks to do things because of what the Word of God says. Because God is holy. And when we keep talking about ourselves, it's going to distract them from God. And if they're just looking at us, we're going to have some problems. Because they will find your shortcomings. It's only a matter of time. But we need to open our mouths about the righteousness of God. We need to talk about His goodness. We need to talk about how there is no sin in Him and about His holiness and about His love for us and how it's amazing that He even cares about us as wicked as we are. But we also need to open our mouths about the truth about hell. 
Matthew chapter 5, verse 29. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. This subject of hell is very serious. It's something that is very real. And in this passage, if there's something, if if your eye is stopping you from repenting, if your eye is stopping you from getting saved, you would be better off pulling it out than going to hell. And you know what? Opening our mouths about hell is going to make people uncomfortable. I know uh, here recently I preached a, an entire Sunday morning message devoted to hell. Talking about hell and the reality of hell and the torments of hell. And you know, it's not the most exciting message for people to hear. It's not something they want to hear, especially lost people. They don't really like, even Christian people sometimes don't like hearing about hell because you, if you're saved, you can't help when you, when you hear a message about hell, it really motivates you to, you, to open your mouth. And to tell other people. It's hard not to when you study it, when you when you hear it preached. And we cannot keep our mouths shut about this. And I know a lot of religions are saying, have decided, there is no hell. But it doesn't matter. We don't go off of what a religion says. We go off what the Word of God says. And the Word of God says there is a hell. We can't keep our mouths shut about it. Also, our thankfulness to God. Psalms chapter 30. This is another one. Boy, we've got to make sure we open our mouths about we are really good at complaining, are we not? Is that not just part of our culture sometimes to just complain? Boy, we even enjoy complaining. Knowing. I mean, it's just like some folks, uh, they can't wait to get together. You know, I, I like I like going to Hardee's sometimes for... Breakfast. They got they got pretty good breakfast over there. I'm a fan of their biscuits and gravy. And you go over there, and there's always a group of elderly people there at Hardee's. And there, I don't care. I don't go there that often. When I do, there's they're they're always there. I think they're there every day. And they there. And you know, sometimes I'll be there by myself, and you just kind of listen. You hear other people's conversations, and sometimes the entire conversations are complaining. I mean, they're just all—they're just always complaining, and you know, and you know, there'll be this one guy there that's just doing all the talking, just complaining, complaining, complaining. Another one there, he's kind of listening, and you think, man, I would hate listening to all that complaining. But you know what? Both of those people will be back the next day, and that one will be sitting there complaining. The other one will be sitting there listening to it, and I think they look forward to it. And I tell you, if the one who listens would well, came there and that fellow who likes to complain didn't show up, you'd be disappointed. Well, man, I wanted to hear what he had to complain about today. And people love it. We like to complain. We like to talk about our aches and pains. We like to talk. Sometimes even our prayer requests, they can become complaining sessions. I don't know. Nobody here does it, but I've known some people in the past that, boy, whenever they raise their hands, oh boy. Alright, here's the hard luck story. Here it comes. And man, they'd go on and they'd just complain it was the end of the world. And I mean, unless a miracle happened, I mean, they they were, weren't going to be alive the next week. 
But you know what? The next week they would be there. They would be alive. They hadn't starved to death. Seemed like life was going on. And based on the week before his prayer request, a miracle must have happened. But when they would open it up for prayer requests or praise, we never heard the praise. You never heard God praise. Hey, obviously you made it through the week. Obviously, you got through this. Be praying for me. I'm I'm just fighting off the flu right now. I think it's going to kill me this time. I'm about to die. And they're there the next week. Where is the praise that the Lord helped you get over your illness? Where is the praise that you got better? Boy, we forget about that sometimes. And we need to talk about our thankfulness to God. Psalms 30 says, in verse 11, Thou hast turned from me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness to the end that my glory may sing praise to Thee and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto Thee forever. You know, it's okay to praise the Lord and give God the credit for things. You know, all people, you know, maybe, you know, go ahead and praise the Lord for the good weather that we're having. Praise the Lord, uh, you know, to the people you work with when something good happens. You know, praise the Lord when you get a paycheck. There's a lot of folks out there that aren't getting one. Praise the Lord for it. Thank God for it. Give Him the credit for it. Will people think I'm weird? Will people think I'm just trying to sound all spiritual? Listen, I'm not trying to tell you to talk and act all spiritual and everything. But let me tell you something. If you start talking about wars and famines and all these other things, all those lost people, they're going to give God the glory for that. They like to talk about how God, you know, why does God do this and why does God do that? But you know what? It's very rare that you hear somebody say, well, you know, thanking the God that He's given us oxygen to breathe, that He's given us a planet that we can live on and survive, and that uh, you, you rarely hear, you don't hear people talk about that. I, I was knocking on doors one day. I had Jason with me, and we went up to a guy, and he's out working in his yard, and I went to invite him to church, and, and he started to say some stuff about religion, threw some words in there that I can't repeat. And. I was just like, man, I'm I'm sorry you feel that way about it, but uh, I can tell you that you're wrong about that. And he's like, if there's a God, why is there all this just war and killings in the world? And and then he, st- you know, he started cussing more. I I needed to kind of wanted to get away. You know, Jason's there, and this guy's using foul language, and everything. I was like, well, I'm sorry. I just kind of had to leave him there with that. But I thought, you know what, that guy, he's obviously blaming God for all the bad things. But you know, if, he, if he's going to do that, he needs to blame God for the good things. And the truth is, if we were equal in that, we would find out that there's a whole lot more to praise God for than there is to be angry at Him for. For one thing, this guy looked like he was about 102 years old, so obviously he had something to be thankful for. He'd lived, he'd lived a long life. But no, he wasn't thankful. He was grumpy. And we ought to be thankful to God and giving God the praise for it. So I'm not, I'm not talking about trying to sound all ultra spiritual and everything. Nobody likes those people. But I'm just saying, you know, go ahead and thank God for things. Give Him the credit. It's okay. You know, God's been, you know, say that God's been good to you and God has blessed you. Just go ahead and give God the credit for it. When folks look at what you have, maybe when they look at your family and they, you know, throw the compliments at you and commend you for it, just, you know, make sure you give the credit to where it's due. Say, hey, God's been good to us. That's what I do around here when I tell folks about what God's doing around here. I make sure I give God the credit for it. Because I know I don't deserve it. And I know God doesn't want me taking His glory. And we don't need to be silent about it. We need to open our mouths about it. And there's many other things that we could probably talk about that we 
need to open our mouths about. But why don't we? I think I think we all know. We know that we're supposed to witness. We know we're supposed to tell other people about salvation, about sin, about the righteousness of God, the truth about hell, our thankfulness. We know all that stuff, but we don't always do it. And I think there are some reasons for that. I just want to just briefly mention it. One of those, one of the reasons we don't open our mouths is we don't know enough about the subject. I mean, you all can probably remember these times in school where the teacher would ask a question, and you know everybody just everybody kind of sits there. You know why? Because they don't know the answer. Maybe they didn't study that homework. Maybe that's, they weren't real prepared. But you know, maybe there's that one kid in the school that oh, oh, and they just they're making noise and they're just they're wanting to yell out the answer. You know why? Because they're prepared. Hey, I know this, and boy, they they stand up and boldly, real loud, they'll blurt out the answer. Because they have that boldness. They know about the subject. They did the study there. But those who haven't studied, they haven't prepared, maybe the teacher points them out. Jason, why don't you answer the question? And they just kind of freeze up. And maybe they'll say the answer, but they say it very timidly. They say it real quiet because they're embarrassed. And I think many times... It's our lack of knowledge about about God and about the Word of God. And that's why we need to study the Bible so we're ready to give the answers. We're afraid that we're going to be challenged. There's some folks out there, boy, uh, you know, they'll trip you up, them Jehovah's Witness. If you ever get in a discussion with those people, man, they are. They know how to confuse. And they, man, they uh, just like the devil did in the Garden of Eden, they will take God's words and twist them a little bit and and they're good at it. They're very good at it. But we don't need to be afraid of the challenge. We need to be ready for the challenge. We need to be prepared. We're afraid that we're going to look bad. And you know what? There may be a time where you do look bad. You know, I don't know if I want to teach a Sunday school class. You know, I just don't. Well, hey, study hard. You might look bad one of these days. You might get corrected by a little kid that knows more about the story than you do. But hey, you know. Oh well, let it motivate you to study even harder. You go out, you witness to somebody. You might have somebody. You might look bad every now and then, but let that challenge you to keep doing more because we can't keep silent. We've got to make sure we're telling other people. Also, we're afraid of what our opinion will do to us socially. Sometimes, a lot of times, we look at the Bible as just our opinion, or and we don't want to do that. Don't fall into that trap. Because the truth is, if this is just our opinion, well, one man's opinion is really as good as another. You have no, there's no way to really judge it or balance it out. Well, we've talked about that before. But we need to understand that this, what we talk about, it's not our opinion, it's the Word of God. Sometimes I, I, I'll tell people, well, you know, in my opinion, you're right about the subject. But this is what the Bible says. So you know what? We're both wrong. You know, that whole love your enemies thing, in, in my opinion, I agree with you. Punch your enemies is better. But we're, we're both wrong because the Bible says love your enemies. And that's what we've, we've got to do. We've got to make sure we do that. But we worry so much about that we care more about, being, about people being our friends sometimes than we do about them being our brother or sister in Christ. 
And really, that's pretty selfish when you stop and think about that. People are so afraid of, oh man, you know, if I if I act like a Christian, people aren't going to want to be around me. So are you just wanting to use those people? Are they just there for your entertainment? Are they just there to make your life a little more enjoyable? The question we ought to ask is maybe we are there to help them come to Christ. Maybe God's put us in their life so somebody will give them the gospel because that friend, that coworker, that family member, God loves them. And God wants them to get saved too. God wants them to repent of their sins and maybe you are in their life. Maybe God placed you there because God wanted you to be the one to open your mouth and to tell them. God may have put you there because I believe God wants everybody to have a chance. Not everybody is going to get saved, but I believe God wants everybody to have that chance. And you may, by speaking out, by opening your mouth, you may lose a friend or an acquaintance. You may have people that don't want to have anything to do with you, but there ought to be enough love in our hearts for them that we're willing to take that chance. We're willing to maybe lose a friend because we care about them so much. We're going to tell them the truth. But we do. We care more about the benefits of friendship than we care about their eternal soul. And I don't think you can really truly care for an individual without witnessing to them at some point. Without telling them about Christ. But another reason I think we don't always open our mouths, and this is probably one of the biggest reasons right here. I mean, it it could be any number of reasons. But the truth is, I think one of the main reasons we don't open our mouths is we just don't care. We don't. It's not that important to us. You know, I I claim to be a Cubs fan, but you know what? You could come and you could trash talk the Cubs all you want around me, and I'm not going to get mad at you. I'm not. I just I don't care that much. I claim to be a Cubs fan. If I buy sports clothing to wear, it's it's going to be Cubs. And, um. I don't know, but it's not that important to me. Now, I've known people that you talk bad about the Cubs, you're going to upset them. They're going to come at, I mean, they're going to, they're not going to beat you up or anything, but they're going to come after you verbally. That's how passionate they are about it. They're not going to let you slam their team without them saying, I mean, they will argue with you. I've told you about when I was at Walmart, man, the feuds and rivalries that would get going there. It was, it was fun to watch. And these people, they took it serious and they would get so mad. And so angry by these things because they care deeply for a game. And hey, you know, you're you're a ball fan. I'm all for that stuff. But the truth is that I think we kind of have the same attitude when it comes to the things of God. Somebody trashes your church. Oh well, I don't like it that much either. <laughs> Somebody bashes the Word of God. Ah, this is just a book of fairy tales. Does that bother you at all? Is it enough to get you to open your mouth and say something about it? Somebody blaspheming the name of God? We just don't really seem to care. And I think, and we ought to care. It ought to be important to us. You know, a wife, she gets angry when she finds out, maybe it's just my wife, when, that her husband knew about some big news but didn't tell her about it. Maybe because he didn't think it was a big deal. You know, some, you know, I find out somebody's gonna have my wife finds out somebody's gonna have a baby or something. Hey, did you hear so and so's baby? Oh yeah, I heard about that. Why didn't you tell me? 
forgot. <laughs> it's like uh, whenever whenever somebody does have a baby, if I talk to that person first, you know, I'll be like, hey, you know, it's like you know, congratulations. You know, glad, you know, I mean, well, well, you know, I'll ask is a boy or a girl. I might ask what they named it, and are they healthy? That's about it. You know, and I'll get off the phone and say, hey, you know, so and so had their baby. Oh, really? You know, it was a boy. How much did it weigh? I don't know. <laughs> uh, it was well. I mean, uh, you know, and she'll, she'll, I, don't, I can't even think of all the questions. But all this whole list of questions. You know, you know, how long was she in labor? You know, you know, what's the baby's name? And by time she's asked those other questions, I forgot the name, and I never remember the middle name. And it's just there's all these details, and and they might have even told me those things, but those you know those details aren't as important to me as they are to her. So like. Ah, you know why? Why didn't you tell me that? Just didn't care. And you know, for something like that, you know, that's okay. There's some things that are a big deal to men, and some that aren't to women, and vice versa. But when it comes to the Word of God, when it comes to salvation, when it comes to Jesus Christ, it ought to be a big deal. It ought to be that important to us. And boy, when we hear that subject come up, we ought to want to get in on it. I mean, have you ever been around before and people get to talking about a certain subject and it's just not a subject that you enjoy. And, you know, I mean, a guy, you get around a bunch of women and they're, you know, talking about having babies and things. And I mean, I'm just like, don't really care to be a part of this conversation. You know, I remember my mom and my grandma, whenever they would get together, you know, they would all, it seemed like they always talked about sewing. I mean, you want to talk about a boring conversation, you know, it's just, get in on that. I just, I didn't care about that. And I would just, I, I remember as a kid, I'd sit there and just be like, I'm going to go find something to do. This is boring. Don't don't really care about this. But boy, when it comes to the Word of God, I mean, sometimes I've been in restaurants and things before, and I'll hear people talking about the Bible. I'll hear them talking about religion and stuff. And man, it's tough for me not to want to go sit at their table when I hear that going on. It's like, oh man, y'all talking about the Bible? And that would be pretty rude. I'm not going to do that. But I I like to talk about these things. It's because I care about it. And we ought to care about it. We ought to be ready to open our mouth. But also another reason is sometimes our minds are just elsewhere. Our mind we the truth is we talk about the things that have been on our mind. That's why we complain a lot. And that's why we talk about our problems. You know, if you're if you're hurting, if you're in pain, you can't help but think about that pain quite a bit, can you? That's why when you're sick, I mean when you're sick. You're sick. It takes over your life. And you can't help but talk about it because it's constantly on your mind. You're constantly thinking about that. And in the book of Psalms especially, we read a lot of verses about meditation, about meditating on the things of God, and meditating on the Word of God because if we're thinking about these things, we're going to talk about it. If it's on our mind, we're going to talk about it. That's why it's so important that you read your Bible every day. That's why it's so important that you pray every day. That you pray more than once a day. That's why it's important that you go to church and you study the things of God. Because when you do all those things, it's going, it's going to be on your mind. It's going to be on your heart. And it, you will, you will talk about it. You know, during the political seasons, you know, some of us, we, even not when it's not political season, election season, you know we, you know you listen to the political radio and the talk radio and stuff, and you you watch the campaign commercials, and people are always talking about it. And you know by the time that November comes around, a general election, 
people are just they're tired of it. You talk to most people, when it gets to around November, if you go and you start talking about politics, at some point in the conversation, somebody's going to say, you know what, I just can't wait for this election to be over. I'm just sick of all of it. I'm sick of the campaign commercials. I'm sick of hearing about it on the radio. I'm sick of hearing about it on the news. I'm just sick of all of it. But the reason everybody's, you know why everybody talks about it? It's because we are successfully bombarded with commercials and advertisements and all of these things that you can't go anywhere without thinking about. we got the signs everywhere. They want it on your mind. They want you thinking about it because then they know you'll be actively involved in it. That you'll, you'll be talking about it. And that we've got to do more of that in, with the things of God. We've got to be telling people about Christ and we've got to be talking about it and you know, doing things to get the Word out there. That way it will be on people's minds. Well, aren't we in danger of making people sick of it? Well, we're a long way off from doing the same job that the politicians do during the election year. I don't know if we have to worry about that yet. <laughs> I think we're a long way off from that. But, if anything, what I hope this message has done tonight is challenged you to just open your mouth. Not get in any other people's business. Now, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about... You know, just open your mouth. There's a time to keep silence and a time to speak. But learn when those times are and then use them wisely. So, I just don't feel like it. Well, it's because your heart's not in it. You don't care. Your minds are elsewhere. Get your minds on it. You, you will do it. So with that, let's stand together tonight with our heads bowed and eyes closed.